<laughs> like there's no there's nobody that's really up to the oh, challenge but, but of it, wood. It must be incredible life to live with 197 big cats. Hello and welcome. We are back from theballerlifestyle.com. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. Thank you very much for joining the show. We're just, we're kind of rapid firing some shows. Usually we do one a week, but, you know, people are stuck in their homes. So we're trying to pass the time, do a little bit more stuff, uh, reach out to the audience and just kind of give you guys something you know, an additional form of entertainment to play with. Um, Episode 312 of the show. This is one that a lot of people have reached out to me about. Um, So if you want to weigh in on something that you hear on the show, your theories, your thoughts, um, you could do so via the email address mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com. You can also leave us a voicemail, which is fun. We have some voicemails to catch up on today. We'll do Um, 949-464-TBLA. S is the number. Uh, I am joined now, as I am each and every week, by Mr. Ed Daly. Ed, what's up? Um, it, it feels like week 12 of captivity right now. It's but, tough. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just kids are, are not easy to wrangle it's in, hard. A, in, a, in an apartment. It's horrible. Uh, yes. I'm hanging apartment. in there. Yes. Uh, we are also joined by special guests. If you listen to the Howard Stern show, you definitely know who he is. If you are on Twitter.com, you certainly follow this gentleman. Um, and if you don't, you should start right now. I am speaking of Mr. Eli Braden. Eli, Eli what's up? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, I'm going to get it now. We're going to we're going to get it. We're all going to get it. And. Sad to report this is Eli's last show, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Every time I go out, I, you know, I feel like I can't clear my throat because, you know, if you I'm like standing in line and waiting to get into Ralph's or even just out of the street, you can't clear your throat because everybody's going to be like, you've got it. Yeah, I have a, I have a cold like before it all hit America. It's, I just will have a cold for like two months. It no, just you have it. go away. And you know, look, okay, for one thing. It did not just hit America. I, I know, is, I know, I know. This is there's, all going to come out. I got to tell like you guys. There's a cases already. I get it. I'm just saying. I have to stifle this cough anytime. I mean, I, I haven't been outside much, but I do have a lingering like cold cough. Yeah, you know, it's kind of no. You have like, COVID, you dude. Can't you can't cough around no, somebody. You can't. You are. You might as well be walking around with a Bowie knife. People, people look at you like the enemy. And definitely don't sneeze. What, Eli? You got some conspiracy thoughts on this? What? Where, where were you about to go? You know, there? It's not really conspiracy. I. Well, my my next door neighbor got crazy sick. The uh, second week of February, I think it was. And she was in the hospital for about 10 days. She's actually in twice. Like she was in, then they released her, and then she came back. And she had this, like, it was basically a form of pneumonia, but they didn't know what it was. And they, and they, like, they were like, we don't really know what this is. I don't know all the details, and I'm not a medically, you know, inclined person, but basically she said that like a series of doctors came to visit her wow. while she was there. And they asked her questions like, have you been traveling? Did you travel to Asia recently? They also asked, have you been in any caves recently? Like this is completely for real. Caves, caves. She's she spelunker. And then when this thing all went down, and they were talking about bats, she was like, "That must have been what." Like they oh. knew about it. They were like, you know. So she, like, I'm convinced that she had it. There's no way to check yet. Apparently, there will be like in, in two to four weeks, they'll be able to have these antibody tests. Yeah, that be able to test if you've already had it, if you're immune. But uh, I just kind of feel like she had it, and her family had it, and. 
you know, my, my kids always over there. It probably, oh, Jesus you know, Christ. I'm probably immune now, yeah. but I don't know for sure. I, right. I, it wouldn't surprise me that we're going to learn that this, this is an actually a virus that it's much more prevalent than people realize. Yeah. And the, and the death rates aren't as, as the ratios aren't as bad because actually right. way more people already have this thing and are asymptomatic. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, there was a doctor in Italy, I guess uh, uh, there's a doctor in Italy who was on TV a few days ago that was saying a similar thing. He's like, we are pretty sure that we had some cases of this in late December because we were having this crazy pneumonia. These people were coming in and we were like, we don't know exactly what this is. Um, but they all survived in that case. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, that I makes sense. you know, there is the, the one thing that I do agree with is like the, the hospitals in, in Italy, they, they just can't handle the, the patients. Yeah. That's the whole risk. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. It's, That's the flattening of the curve. And I saw a great tweet uh, the other day where somebody was like, Hey, we, our doctors treat X amount of patients per year. And they're like, yeah, but to put this in perspective, McDonald's serves two billion hamburgers per year. But if you ordered a million hamburgers at the McDonald's, you would overwhelm them. Right. That's, yeah. That's that, that the whole analogy. Yeah. No. And it makes sense. To do that too. Order well, not a million. I'm exaggerating. A hundred thousand. But <laughs> yeah, they they cannot get a hundred thousand burgers in one day. No, they can't do it. It's true. I've tried it myself. Not, not enough can, can do spirit in that. In that's the problem. Right. Yep. Um, okay. Let's. So guys, we um, a lot of people have been hitting us up to talk about this movie. And I don't, you know, when, anytime everybody's talking about something, it's, I always feel like I want to steer clear of it. I don't know why, mm-hmm. uh, but everybody's talking about this tiger King movie and people are hitting us up on Twitter. Like, Hey, you guys got to talk about this, do a re- review. Um, and I just felt like so many people were talking about it. It was, it was all over my timeline that, um, that we should definitely check in on it. And we, we wanted to get a good guess. So Eli was kind enough to join us to talk about it. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. But first I want to catch up on, um, some voicemails that we have saved up and, uh, and a quick email and then we'll jump. Oh, and then Ed, you want to do the rest of that tournament? Where, where are we at on that oh, sweet or a well, round of it? Since it's during the day, I've holed up in a bathroom and I got to tell you, oh. sitting on a closed toilet <laughs> we, is very uncomfortable. We've had this problem before. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, we'll save that for next time. I live in an apartment. There's no like other wing of my house. Yeah. It's, it's an apartment. I know. Same. I, I just, uh, when my kids are here, I just, cause I do it like in the kitchen, the baller lifestyle world headquarters dining room area. Uh, I just make them shut their doors and then just like, not, not and make maybe, a big deal out of all the F's that get dropped. And maybe, you know, your intro to Eli, of course he's, he's world famous through Howard Stern, but maybe you should play his intro music that we use every week. Well, it's time. Beautiful. Thank you. Eli, Eli, what's it like to have a talent? Um, it's great. It's really good. Especially when you can semi monetize it. Yes. You know, you're not, you're not falling into the precipice. You're just kind of dangling right. over it. Are you still doing cameo? Um, I do. I, it's, it's a little too much. I'm actually doing one today, later today, but I don't do it very often. I, I don't really promote it because it's, it's almost like I charge $75 and it's almost like not worth the hassle. You know, I don't mean to sneeze at $75, right. but it's like a little too much work for $75. I should just do like the, you know, a charge 10 bucks and be like, 
I'll just be, hey there, Tom, it's your birthday today. You know, just make some shit up off the top right. of my head. But, uh, You're putting too much into it. Oh, you, I put too much into it. You yeah. do an action. You do. Somebody can pay you $75 to do like a quick song parody or uh, either do a parody or, an, yeah. or like original song, too. And, wow. Um, but uh, it's too much. Don't don't hire me. Do not wow. hire the Stern me. gang, they're always talking about cameo. Who who's hiring Bobo to do, to like talk to them? No. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's funny. Yeah. Hey, hey there. It's Bobo here. <laughs> yeah, they say he goes on for like three minutes. Oh, right. Yeah. Or longer or longer. But, uh, uh, um, well, it's a weird concept, but everybody should buy one from you, especially now that you said it's way too much work to do. <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's uh, knock out a couple quick voicemails here. He's so easy to hate. Your time he likes to waste. His calls are far from great. His calls are far from great. He's such a stupid fuck. He seems down on his luck. His voicemails really suck. His voicemails really suck. No one's enjoying him. He's so annoying. Plus so fucking boring and worthless, but he's got nothing else to do. And he's even worse than ish, 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 ish. His thoughts are useless shit, 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 shit. He's fat and got big tits. Not surprisingly, we have a call from Manuel. Let's see what Manuel is up to these days. Big balling, shot calling. Okay. What up? Is this one? Your boy Manuel uh, from Garden. It's a minute 47. Let's just, he got, he got pretty, he got through the intro in only eight seconds though. So it's, okay. we could, but usually the first 45 seconds, there's nothing. Going right. On. We're not going to get to the end. Hey, so, um, amidst all this COVID-19 coronavirus scare, uh, uh March 18th. Oh, he's giving us the date. Five days deep without What's the word. Yeah. I don't know. I lost count. He's going to give us some but, freeways. Uh, I'm worried about her, Frank Thomas, man. Oh, Frank Thomas. He's always peddling those boner bite pills and the low keys. Yeah. You know, I feel like I owe the world an apology because Frank Thomas, his nickname was The Big Hurt. And through his whole career, it I, I never really questioned that. I was always like, oh, the big hurt. Well, he's a really big guy. They call him the big hurt because he's a, just a giant person. And then the same with Randy Johnson, the big unit. They're like, I was like, oh, yeah, he's just a big. His name's Johnson, the big unit. That's kind of funny, right? It's only it's only been in recent years that I've realized this is about these guys' cocks. Yeah, well, baseball players, they're they're very... Uh, you know, simple with their nicknames. The big unit. This is Dong. They're talking about his Dong. That's not him they're talking about. And I, how did I just, I'm 44 years old. I just now realize that. Anyway, thanks for seeing that guy, the black guy with the gigantic wiener uh, names that have been going around. Yeah. Wood. Oh, I love him. I love him. I love that guy too. He's great. I've, I'm, I mean, I've probably gotten 50 pictures since, since uh, everybody's been locked inside. Never. Ne- I never get sick of him. Every time somebody texts me one, I'm like, this is great. He's uh he's dead. I know. Yeah, like I heard years ago. Yeah. yeah. RIP. You guys are on top of this. What, what's his name? Horsecock McJohnson. Yeah. yeah. He, um, 
I mean, he seemed kind of bummed out. Let's be honest. He didn't seem, he didn't seem happy with what he yeah. was working. Yeah, I, 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 I would be have a smile on my face all day, every day. Right. Yeah, but I just, I feel like, you know, it, it got to be kind of a burden. Like it, it would be cool to show off and be just like, hey, here's what I got going on. But I, I just feel like. A lot of times, maybe you're, you know, you're getting, you're, you're trying to get sexual with a young lady and you show that thing to her and she's just nine times out of 10, they're going to be turning that down. Right. Like there's no, there's nobody that's really up to the challenge of wood. But in the porn, in porn movies, women love. I I mean, that picture, that picture looks like it's taken at the end of act two of Boogie Nights. Like it's the sad. (laughs) It's the end. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's he's he's at an all time low at that point. Do we know how we lost Wood? Ed, uh, the guy didn't say. It was a Vice, I think, a Vice interview where yeah. somebody like tracked him down through Google Images or something, yeah. and they said, uh, "I asked what the cause was, but I didn't get a response." Well, I have a friend who works at a um, podcast network, and they are considering they're seriously considering now doing a deep dive on that guy's life and doing like a limited limited. I'm all in. One hundred percent. I would listen to that. I would. Yeah. I'd be the first guy to download it. They're only worried that by the time it gets done, everyone will have completely lost interest. But I don't think so. No. No. Nope. I've seen him off and on for years. I mean, this week has been an inundation. Oh, yeah. But I'm still on board. He's great. 100%. I need to know more about him. Okay, one more quickie uh, voicemail here. Hey, guys. So the the judge dropping the N-word. Oh, hold on. It's from last week. It's yeah, this, we, we heard that one. This one I meant to play. Hey guys, uh, really enjoying the tournament. One uh, one little bit of knowledge that you guys. Okay, hold on. This is li- this is listener, and I, you could tell because I played one of his old voicemails and one of and now his recent voicemail. This is LSU Lala. My man's got the COVID nineteen. Are you hearing that shit? He <laughs> sounds a little bit uh, like a like an off version. Oh, fuck! You better not be able to get this through earphones that I was uh, unaware of was that our boy Greg Kinnear went to UA. That's right. And uh, I know we have another UA alumnus that uh, we call a friend that I know either ate or smashed a lot of ass over there, but I can't imagine the amount of ass that Greg Kinnear went through. Uh, I I just can't imagine it. It's got to be unbelievable amount. Uh, I think that would probably be the original asphalt if there ever was one. And Brian, yep. How many guys have you called pieces of shit this episode? I, I've lost count. Uh, you're not a big fan of a lot of people for some reason. Yeah, they're bad people. If somebody if somebody is a piece of shit, I will call them a piece of shit. This fucking I mean- call is a piece of shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Eli, he's referring to since there was no NCAA tournament, we were we're kind of in the middle of a tournament, w- which who has the best alumni? Mm-hmm. So we we'll put Hofstra against UMass, or you know, one one of these schools, and then you figure out who has the worst or you know best collective group. So some schools they have some good celebrities, but then they'll have like Bernie Madoff. Right. Wow. So, wow. so guys like Bernie Madoff come up, and yeah, he would fill in the piece of shit category, right? Like, yeah. like BU has Howard Stern, but it also has Bill O'Reilly. 
Oh, wow. You know, Bill O'Reilly is a piece of shit. Like, you can't, you're allowed to call Bill O'Reilly a piece of shit. I wonder where that guy with the giant penis went to college. Mm, Mm, Is he school of hard knocks? Now, in all these years, every time I look at him, I've always pictured him having an accent. I just. What kind of accent? British. Oh, wow. I was thinking West Indian. Could be. Barbadian? Yeah, it seems like it. I don't Misa, think you talk like Jar Jar Binks. Yes. <laughs> Misa, big uh, Problematic. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're, we're supposed to be, and hold on, I'm trying to play this from my phone. Um, we're here to talk about Tiger King. I feel like everybody knows what Tiger King is already. Um, I feel like I was the last to know about it, but just in case you don't, I'm going to play the trailer for you right quick. Throughout the world. Animal people are nuts, man. They're all crazy. I'm sure y'all got a story to tell. I like that that guy has no legs. Ladies and gentlemen, my name's Joe Exotic and this is Sarge. He was like a mythical character living out in the middle of bumfuck Oklahoma who owned 1,200 tigers and lions and bears and shit. Come here, love me. <laughs> Matt Spokin, good looking, love to party and have fun. I don't think we're done blowing shit up today. I don't figure you are. <laughs> they have a heart and a soul and a mind. I've learned from them. But Carol Baskin keeps saying, I can't have these tigers. If he ever had an enemy in his life, it was Carol Baskin. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens, it's Carol at Big Cat Rescue. Carol is the Mother Teresa of cats. We will end the private possession of these cats. This is my way of living, and nobody's going to tell me any otherwise. Carol has an army of people working for free. She's a plain out hypocrite. She literally does everything that I do. So Joe says, will you go to Florida and what? Kill that fucking lady. What a story. And it got way bigger. Love this guy. Sometimes they say that I'm the prototype for Scarface. I love that guy too. And we're luring people in. You may now kiss the grooms. have to kill me to shut me up this is my first album i saw tiger there's 28 songs and he's he's a musician as well so uh the audience is probably more familiar with this than i am because i've only seen three episodes ed i know you've watched it all the way through um it does the joe exotic he as far as i'm concerned he's the fucking hero of the story he's he's the guy you root for right if you're if you have to root for anybody absolutely i i guess but what what i will uh first of all i believe i read yesterday from you eli you were bragging about your joe exotic uh, well I, i after watching the first couple episodes i did i did have it worked out i mean i'm not a very good impressionist but i mean you heard my jar jar binks that's pretty amazing but um no i uh i did work it up pretty pretty good but but now I kind of forgot it after hearing the. That's it. I, it's not very That's good. That's it. It's good. You got it. <laughs> so I found it so charming. I, I love really it. <laughs> I mean, when you're dealing with people who have roadside zoos, yeah. you, you've already had a certain expectation of the level of intelligence and um, thoughtfulness in the interviews. You, you know what you're kind of getting. And so, yes, he's the lovable underdog. My favorite, I mean, I, 
my favorite character to look at, not not to um not that I was pulling for him, but I like the dude who was the uh the the producer for Joe Exotic. Yeah. And oh, he, yeah. he goes through his background like he's he's the uh, mayor of showbiz. It's great. Yeah, he's like, you know what? I worked on a little show called Inside Edition. I know a little <laughs> bit about about Hollywood. And you're like, what? You were yeah. producing Bill O'Reilly segments at four in the Noted afternoon? Piece of shit. Noted piece of shit Bill, Bill O'Reilly is. That's right. <laughs> he was so, I mean, nobody's more full of himself than that guy. I, that guy had the greatest voice too, by the way. Oh, yeah. He, he had had quite a few heaters. In his day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's weeks away from a, speaking through a trach. So, yeah, he's he's pretty awesome. But, uh, yeah, I do like him. He's uh, like he's like as a reality pro- show producer. This was gold for me. It's a fucking self-made YouTube thing in Oklahoma. Like, calm right. down, guy. And I, I I, was, wasn't one of the first scenes. Didn't it Joe Exotic be like, well, I'm not taking off my hat because you might think I have a mullet. And then he, he did have a mullet. <laughs> About bleached blonde mullet. Uh, yeah, beautiful. He's amazing. I'd like to make a call. I don't know. I don't know what your listener base is, but if there's anyone out there who is an insane narcissist, please take Joe Exotic's example and just film your entire life. Because someday when you when they make a documentary about you, we want to have all the footage because he just documented everything. That's why this is so great. You know, That's yeah. right. no shame. I think at some point they say that he he just rolls tape all day long on himself at this zoo, which you need to make a movie like this. And then what I think is interesting is, first of all, I had no idea that this world existed. It it has never occurred to me to pull over somewhere in the middle part podunk buttfuck of this country to get my picture taken with a tiger cub. I didn't know that was a possibility. I didn't know that existed. I didn't know anything about this. And yet here's this entire world with all of these different zoos going on everywhere where this guy, Joe Exotic, he's breeding tiger cubs. And they asked him at one point, they're like, what, you know, how much does a tiger cub go for? And I was like, I don't know. I was thinking, I don't know, 25 grand, 28, like 25, 30 right in there. Two grand. Wow. <laughs> you get a tiger for two grand? Uh, I wrote down a quote. He, I think it was also in the first episode. He goes, people are always like, it must be incredible life to live with 197 big cats. Now, <laughs> that's a lot. Has, has anyone said that? And who are the people that would say it's incredible to live with 197 big cats? Right. Nobody, it, nobody. It sounds <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> like, what do you, well, you got to like every day they could eat somebody. Um, the one girl that got her arm bitten off. Oh my God. She she terribly, I mean, she's supposed to know what tigers do, right? Yeah. But is she familiar at all with the world of insurance and insurance litigation? Because she was like, she was so proud. She's like, I was back to work in a week. And I was like, it wasn't even, it was just to protect him too. I mean, she had such allegiance to him, you know, it was crazy. She, so I don't know what I'm supposed to, so I watched the whole thing. You guys are halfway through. Yeah. She is the one person through the end of it that seems to be fully on his side the whole time and like proud of everything. She's, she's the most gung-ho Joe Exotic person in the entire show. Apparently, because 
I assume in Oklahoma, you got to carry insurance when you got a few hundred tigers on your property. I imagine. I don't know if you, I don't know if we can assume anything about Oklahoma. Like I like if Joe Exotic is the richest person in Oklahoma, which I assume he is. Uh, she would have immediately <laughs> been right. She would have immediately been the second richest person in Oklahoma after getting an arm bitten off by a tiger. I mean, it's crazy. Um, I, the other thing I like is that this is like, it's, and it's not exclusive. So, uh, Joe exotic has two husbands. One guy is, um, just this like super gay toothless, like methed out. He seems like a good guy. At one point he's like, I can't, he's like, I can't tell you everywhere I've been, but I could tell you I've been to 38 States. Well, then you could, in fact, tell me where you've been because you know exactly every state that you've been to. But he's like um, he's the husband and then he gets another husband and, and he's able to turn the husband gay by pointing out that he, when he watches porn, he prefers porns where the guys have big dongs. And Ed, that that bodes well for you because you uh, you don't watch any porn featuring a dong ever. Wow. It's, yeah, I know. Well, it's, it's crazy. Here's. I try sometimes, but I try to fast forward like the first half of every you porn. It's it's just the blowjob scenes. You're you're yeah. looking at the apple bag. I don't I don't want to see it. Right. I just I'm out on those scenes. Right. So yeah. I usually lean in. I'll be honest. I'm, I'll come clean here. I usually lean in to the foreplay in porn. It's when once they start pile driving, it's I lose the realism, and then I got to bounce into a new scene. <laughs> But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm going to become Joe Exotic's third husband. Maybe that says something about me. But I didn't realize and I never would have thought that this is actually basically these zoos are basically just a way to attract young sex slaves to your world. Because Joe Exotic, to a lesser degree, and the other guy, Bhagavad Gita, Doc Oh, the Mario Batali of Big Cats. He's amazing. That this, dude is amazing. This guy's amazing. Like one one chick that ended up becoming his paramour was like, yeah, my dad dropped me off when I was 17. And she was like, hey, watch out for that guy with the soul patch and the long white ponytail because that dude fucks. And I was like, what? Who would think that? Who would, <laughs> what, what's going on here? Like what? Well, he has like five wives. They yes. all have like changed names and. Oh yeah, and he named me this and that. Yeah, he's he's Mario Batali if he fucked and had big cats. Yeah, and they're all all his wives are kind of like um, roadside attraction, South Carolina hot. Like right. you know, like you're not you're yeah. not like oh yeah, that makes sense. You look at him and you're like, oh, they're way too hot for this guy. What is going on? Well, I I wasn't totally paying attention. What was the father dropping her off at his compound for? To, to, well, that's how he, he lures them in. So they, they get the animals and then they find these broken toys in the world that want that have just dreamed their whole life of leading a tiger around a ring for people to take pictures of. And so they come there to intern. And then they, like a particular kind of person yep, in the world yep. who's like who is so I mean, I love animals, but there's a certain kind of person who is so damaged and they are so like given up on humanity almost like they don't even want to deal. It's like and they 
often find refuge in animals. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Right. Extreme animal people are really just the the most fucked up human beings. They are, and they're and it's a it's a weird tribe. And these guys that run these oh, zoos, he has, he has them all. The Batali guy has them all wearing like leopard print and tiger print. Uh, leggings and stuff. Yeah, and he he makes them get get implants. The one girl that got dropped off, she's like, I don't uh, remember agreeing to get implants, but it was kind of nice that I that I didn't have to work twelve hour days for a week. And then they show a picture with her big old her new rack. <laughs> let's be honest, I'm not a big implant guy, but the, those did help her out. They I mean, did. That definitely yes. proved her. Absolutely, <laughs> I would. I would. You know, some so, sometimes you need them. Sometimes I'm not an implant guy either, but sometimes it's a big plus. Um, what else, Ed, what, what, what are, you know well, the most about this? So I, I'm not sure which episode, I mean, obviously the, uh, uh husband name number one, you could tell meth was part of the equation, Yeah, but it's really part of the equation. Are you and judging, not, are you judging that, um, based upon his tooth? <laughs> well, that's part of it. But then you, the taller guy who becomes the, uh, the second husband, yep. you, you learn more about the meth thing. Um, but I wonder even it, it's, it's a good anti-meth, uh, documentary because I'm not even sure these guys were gay. I think yeah. they're just really into meth. Yeah. Hey, oh. by the way, you haven't seen the other ones. Does Brian become his third husband? <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. Am, yeah. I, am I broadcasting from Oklahoma? Reveal that, but yeah, he, he <laughs> talked about how much he loved the foreplay in porn. That's true. And he got a, no, there is there is another guy who gets into the scene. And, <laughs> wow. And surprisingly enough, he doesn't seem like he's on meth, which I was wondering. That's crazy. What's what's the end game here? Um, um, I didn't. Did you guys see. Did you guys see um, the partner that joins up with Joe Exotic at his place? No, no, I don't think we got to that part. He's like a business partner or a sex partner. Oh, yeah. No, business partner. Oh, well, tell us about him and then we'll, so we have something to look forward to. So the key thing is he's one of these guys that's trying real hard to let you know he's not bald. He's got, <laughs> he's got the bandana, then the Oakley hat, then the sunglasses on top of the Oakley hat and the, uh, the like fluffed out hair in the back. And like Brett Michaels. Just know, you just know there's nothing on top and uh, there's some mug shots that reveal, no, there was nothing on top. <laughs> uh, well, that's exciting. I didn't get the sense that Joe's two husbands, I feel like they just tolerated each other based on their love of Joe, but I didn't, I didn't get, get a lot of chemistry from the two husbands. I just feel like, Hey, no. this Joe guy, he's the only game in town and I really love tigers. And so I'll just tolerate the fact that he's already got a husband or that he wants to get a, a young uh, boy toy to be our third husband. But I didn't, I didn't sense much chemistry from that Joe's uh, original two husbands. Uh, when he, w one of the uh, episodes focuses on husband number two and yeah, it doesn't, doesn't seem like he was in it for, for love. Yeah. Um, oh, it's a bummer. Now, Eli, you are, I mean, let's face it. You're a Hollywood insider. Mm -hmm. Um, Joe exotic was bragging about being on the cover of Hollywood magazine. <laughs> I can tell you, I have every, every top of Hollywood magazine from like the last 10 years. He might've been on it before then, but as far as I know, 
Is this is this like Trump's? He was acting like he got a star on the Walk of Fame. He's like, uh, you know, I've been on the cover of Hollywood magazine. I know a thing or two about the business. Is, is that from Hollywood, Florida? But <laughs> is, is this like Trump's Time Man of the Year? Does he did? Yeah. Uh, is there some Photoshop work at hand here? <laughs> um, Hollywood magazine. So we sh- we we got to discuss. So basically, the 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 show centers around three zoos, sanctuaries. I don't. No exactly. Yeah, I don't know exactly what you call them. But there's there's two that are basically like putting it out there where they're like, fuck this. We fucking breed them. We treat them like shit. We don't care. We just want to take pictures. And then there's this third woman who's like, oh, no. She's like, I rescue these animals to give them a sanctuary and a place to live. And I no one should keep big cats like this, except that I do it and no one should breed them except that I used to do it. And all she's, she's paints herself as this savior and she's really the villain of the movie. She's actually using these, uh, she has a big YouTube channel, right? And these, and these big cats are, are her, her social media business. Like she wouldn't exist without these and she's making millions and millions of dollars and she's not really in it to shut down these other zoos to, because she's cares so much about big cats, but she's really trying to promote herself. And then we learn that she murdered her husband. There's, there's, there's no chance that she didn't murder her rich husband. Correct. Um, For sure. Her, her, the first like 10 minutes that they show her, they make it seem like she is kind of an offspring of PETA. Her company is yep. called Big Cat Rescue. Yep. And then they show her like roadside zoo and it's got smaller cages. It's way worse. Um, but uh, yeah, Eli, what, what, what do you think about her uh, her second husband? <laughs> Oh, well, that guy. I mean, listen, this this show has so many characters. I mean, by, you know, people, you're like, this person, I can't believe this person exists. That that guy, well, for one thing, from the moment she came on screen, I just, I had such a bad feeling about her. Like, I do not like this person. I mean, aside from the fact that she seems a little bit like, you know, holier than thou and, yep. you know, like a real nosy, you know, sticking her nose in other people's business. A lot of virtue signaling going on, you know, just a lot of vapid bullshit with her. And I couldn't stand her. And to find out she murdered her husband definitely was like, good. Now, that's what I thought. That's who I thought she was. Yeah. And now the husband, Don, we learned he he had some cash. He, um, he, husband. yeah, he, he was said to be worth somewhere between seven and a half and $20 million. And which is weird. I don't think they mentioned how he made his money, but there were a couple of clips of him talking. And then there also was a, a, a photo of his handwritten request for a restraining order. And um, my dude was a red neck. Like, I don't know how this dude made his money, but I I feel like there were some trucks involved. There was definitely like some truck lines or something. Not sure. Um, also, let's not forget, he was, he's a total piece of shit. The reason he yeah. met Carol in the first place is she was like a teenage runaway. Yeah. He picked her up off the street. Yeah. I mean, he, you know. He was, the, and they were like. Dude, I looked, I looked it up that he was her second husband. Yeah. So he got her on the rebound right. as a teenage runaway. Yeah, she was like 14. 
Uh, or yeah, no, she was like seven. She, I think she was 14 when she married the first husband. And then she was like 17 when she encountered Don or whatever. And then they're like, yeah, Don was a humble man. He didn't like to show his wealth, but he did carry a $500 bill around with him in his pocket. What a fucking loser. Like what he just like would be. Oh, oh, hold on. Let me, um, let me pay for my coffee here. What's that? A, a buck 90. Actually, do you have change for a 500? I mean, who's how? Who has the? Who's able to flash a five hundred dollar bill? Like, what, what a complete loser! Um, but he he goes missing. Have you see any 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 TV show where the, where there's a murder investigation or movie? Her case is like the opening of the show, where it's just the open and shut case. Like, oh wait, the rich guy went missing, yeah. and she's yeah. claiming he he was forgetful. Like her whole defense was, yeah, well, he started uh, having memory loss and then he just disappeared forever one day. And oh, yeah, don't investigate the tiger cages out back. I love how it's so Florida in that she got she like drew up a fake power of attorney and on the power of attorney, it says in the case of my disappearance. (laughs) In case I go missing. (laughs) Just in case. By the way, how about the uh, the ex-wife? And the, and his two daughters, you know, the ones who basically oh, got yeah. cut out of the will. Yep. I mean, they were so passive about everything. It's totally. just like, it's like, what's wrong with you? You know, it's like, well, he left us for her. He left us for Carol and he transferred all everything over to them and left us nothing. And it was just insane how they just like let Carol walk all over them. I was like, what's wrong with you people? You know? Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were very we're dealing ch- with dumbs though. They were, everyone involved with this whole production is an idiot. Yeah. I, something tells me Don wasn't uh, a real active uh, father in their lives. Like right. I, I feel like maybe there had been a long separation when they learned of his disappearance. And I like that all of uh, the theories on what happened to Don are just fucking horrible. They're like, oh yeah, he got eaten by a tiger. He got pushed out of a plane over the Gulf. <laughs> that was my favorite. Yeah, it's so good. That's, it's like a James Bond way to kill somebody. But they said, yeah, they said he he was in the early stages of dementia, but he had a pilot's license, but he had never actually passed the exam. So he was just flying to nowhere. There were, there were a lot of pilot related rumors. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's all, it's just also Florida. Like there's nothing not Florida about these, these people's story that he would, he would fly down to Costa Rica every, uh, month to, to fuck his side pieces, which knowing his predilections were probably, he probably did that overseas for a reason. Um, just didn't, just didn't seem like a good guy. And Carol, definitely the villain, uh, of this movie. Um, I started wondering because there's an obvious, um, theatrical element to this story. This is, this is definitely the kind of thing you can see being adapted into a movie. And I just wonder who you guys thought would play whom like Joe exotic. I think the obvious, and it might be too on the nose guy to play him would be Danny McBride, right? Like he's already done that kind of character. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I mean, as I said, even though he's not an actor and he's really not in good graces with society, Mario Batali has to play the Myrtle Beach guy. Um, for sure. Yeah, I could also see. I, Axel Rose. Uh, yeah, that'd be a good one. Axel Rose would definitely be a good pick. Yeah, I could also see. 
I could kind of see Nick Cage, although he's a little too old now. I could kind of see him doing something with Joe Exotic. I, I would like to see what, sure. what he could he bring to that role. Age. Yeah. Um, Joe's husband, the first one, I don't remember his name, John, the guy with the one tooth. I did like, I did like sloth from Goonies with those teeth. I did like that, like above his dick, he had tattooed property of Joe exotic. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, do you, do you guys plan on watching the last few episodes? Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch Yeah. Cause it, okay. Cause it says they were married like, um, Let- Till 2014 or something. That tattoo has, you know, when Johnny Depp had the Winona Forever yeah. tattoo. Yes, Winona Forever. Forever. Sometimes, sometimes you have to doctor the tattoos. I'll just say that. Oh man, that's enough to get me to watch the rest right there. I got to see what happens. Well, you got to watch for the guy who's hiding his baldness because <laughs> things get real crazy with him. Um. What? Well, uh, you know who I? You know who I also like for uh, Doc would be. Um, Josh Brolin. I feel like he could bring a lot to like, like, yeah, like the, to like the younger version. Cause doc was actually kind of sexy in those younger pictures that when he was hanging out with Mario, Oh, we got to talk about Mario. Mario's the drug dealer in Florida. That's like, Hey, I went to jail for like, you know, dismembering and burning a guy, but I didn't really do it, but I kind of did do it. Anyway, I paid my debt to society and now I own a, a, a badass zoo, but I'm definitely not still a drug dealer. Right. <laughs> right. Did, were they putting drugs in the snakes? Yeah, they were cutting. He, so he had a, like a reptile business and this is pretty baller. They were they were slicing open the snakes and like filling them with cocaine and then sewing them up and shipping them over because they said that but you still had to smuggle the snakes. But the penalty for getting caught with a smuggled illegal snake was much, much less than than the penalty for getting caught smuggling cocaine, which is kind of genius. Yeah. Who, who are we casting for that? Because I'm thinking Cheech, Cheech is probably too old. Maybe yeah. Benjamin Bratt. Oh, that's good. Benjamin oh. Bratt, he could use the work. He could. Haven't seen him in a while. I was kind of thinking, and this guy's too old too, Ben Kingsley. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, he's way too old. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he, he, he really dives into character, but yeah. Um, so I, what, what I would say is the first three, and, and on a larger uh, point, when people were talking about, we need to review this thing, I was like, all right, I'll watch the documentary. And when I saw it, it was the first of seven parts. Yeah, that fucked the me up. The documentary business, because of Netflix and HBO, they're getting in love with themselves. Now, this one, it's pretty good through the end, but it could have been three episodes total. That's um, that's every Netflix documentary. The, the McDonald's um, um, Monopoly game. McMillions. On HBO. Yeah, I watched I think I watched three episodes and just bailed. How much it, they just string everything out. It's crazy. It's too long. The the um, the sex cult in Oregon that tried to poison the town. That one. Yes. That one was way too long. You could have done that in two episodes. That's all. Love that's all of these things on Netflix. Um, Carol, I had an idea for Carol's to, who could play Carol. Uh, probably a little too old, but still would bring so much to the role that you you would just offer it to her and see what she says. Catherine O'Hara. 
I was just going to say the Shit Creek mom. Yeah. I couldn't think of her name. Yes, yeah. for sure. Well, you know, the thing that in all shows they do, especially with women, is they always cast someone who's actually better looking than the oh, yeah. real life person. Um, I have like Margot Robbie Heather, Heather Graham. Oh, yeah. Yes. I could see she that. Would be great. She's yes. a little too young. But, you know, you can make her a little older looking. And, you know, uh, Carol was pretty hot when she was young. She was. They showed the old pictures and you're like, she was oh, like 14. Yeah. You could see why these guys were preying on her. For sure. Yeah. She was pretty banging. Uh, OK. How, how, yeah. how much in line do you think her current husband is anytime she's like, I thought you said you're going to take out the garbage. And he's got to think about what happened to the previous husband. Oh, no, she's got tigers. So they did like before they introduced the fact that she was a murderer and a monster. They were like the first scene that they show her. She's kind of like walking around the zoo, like showing the cubs and the uh, and the husband's walking behind her because he's he always walks behind her. And she's like, oh, are you going to walk that close to me? Like yeah, she scolds him very blatantly right in front of everyone. It's like, I, you could tell right then what this guy, what was going on here, you so, know? Yeah. The, mean, all three of these people are like cult leaders, you know, they're, I mean, they really are cult leaders in their own way. I mean, one of them almost like pretty much that's exactly what he is, but you know, uh, she's, he's like her, that husband is like Carol's acolyte, you know? Totally. Yeah. He's, he's very kept in line. Yeah. The, the cult aspect is interesting because they talk about how Joe exotic employs his guys and he goes and he picks them up from the bus station he finds people that are just hanging around usually recently released from prison and then he's like you can come to my tiger farm you can live in a trailer without running water you can work 12 hours a day i'll pay you the the prize of 150 dollars per week I just feel like crime would pay better than that. I don't. I don't really get what the allure is. And the food there. Did you? Did they talk about the food? Yeah, they eat the expired meat. Yeah, from Walmart. The expired meat. Yeah, and I like that, Joe. I love it when people think they're like real wise to something that is actually kind of gross. Where he's like, "You go to Walmart, and you go to you go to check out, and your your car gets to climb." Hey, they can't put that meat back. Once that meat's off the shelf, they can't put that meat back. It comes right here to me. That meat that's comes. That's good. my meat. They bring me that meat. That's my meat. And the guys are like going through it and there's like, oh, these sausages are still frozen. Yeah. They're like way into their, oh, this is some nice beef right here. And it's like, it's like in actual dumpsters. <laughs> it's a tough life down there in Oklahoma. <laughs> so there are there are a couple of quotes from the later episodes that I, I have to say that are just great. Um, after the the dude with the Oakley hat and the bandana shows up, one of the guys goes, uh, that's why I sleep with an AK-47 under my mattress. <laughs> I, Which, think, I think it was Doc that, that said that. That just doesn't seem comfortable. No, not, no. I was wondering, did he mean under the bed? Because he said under my mattress, he did like, say that. I know. Yeah, it's very like you'd roll over at night. It's I have a hard time getting comfortable as it is. And then Joe tearfully, when they're asked, like, "Well, what do you think is going to happen?" He's tearfully. He goes, "I'm afraid those animal rights people are going to win." <laughs> <laughs> but but my favorite at it, it gets it gets a little out of control towards the end. 
and there's a situation where somebody's posting Instagram pictures saying they're in Belize, and a guy looks at the picture and he goes, they're not in Belize. That's Florida water. That's panhandle water. <laughs> uh, I like that they, well, they, they can tell their own. They just know. They know the shit. And I, I will say that the most sane person in the seven episodes uh, you'll learn about, he's uh, Joe's campaign manager when he runs for governor of Oklahoma, and he picked him up from Walmart. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. Joe, I, he's got a charisma. You for know, sure. he's, he's, he's successful in this business that he's in. He's good. And, you know, they say follow your dreams, you know, chase your passion. Don't chase money, chase your passion. He's for sure passionate about this business that he's in. And specifically he does, he does a YouTube show, which is great. And at some point he's a, he hates this Carol lady and it's really, yes. it's really beautiful. Like he's really, he goes at one point and he buys the tour. <laughs> like how do they not recognize him coming? He's, he's their sworn enemy, but he buys the tour of her facility. And then he, uh, He's like, I only see 12 tigers here. Like you say, you got hundreds. Where's the rest? You know, I don't see any more. He's, <laughs> then he pays for a helicopter. Yeah, he's like Woodward and Bernstein. And then he's like, because he's got money, he's like, give me a helicopter. And then he's like, like flying over doing recon. But he does take a little too far because he's like, hey, what if we had some grenades? <laughs> what <laughs> What if we had what if we rented another helicopter, but this time next time we bring grenades with us? Like that's a little tough. But I did enjoy <laughs> that somebody, an insider, some kind of whistleblower, gives Joe Exotic, and I don't know how he was able to obtain this. It was like kind of like a Pentagon Papers situation where it just appeared one day, and I don't know how he vetted the information, but he seemed to know. He got Carol's diary, and he went on his YouTube show, and he was like reading <laughs> pages. It was so good. What was her diary saying? I can't even remember that part. Uh, it was like all about how... Um, I don't know. She hated her well, husband that she, she killed. Like giving, it was a genuine diary. He, he was giving commentary on it, though, just like being like, you lying, bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other thing I would say that I re that really actually struck me about all three of them, even Carol, is that I genuinely think that all three of them really, really, really loved those big cats. Like that was like really. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right. True. They were not being, you know, cynical about like, oh, I'm just exploiting. Like they fucking love those cats. And I don't think, I don't think the dudes in particular at all thought that what they were doing, what they're doing is like exploitive or abusive. I think they're, I mean, I think they really do have a philosophy. I think you're right. About, about the, it's okay to have animals in captivity. And it, you know, they, it makes a compelling argument, you know? Well, he does. Right. Joe Exotic early on makes the point. He's like, hey, um, these things are going extinct. And he's like, and you know how you make them not extinct? You fucking breed them. And he's like, so yeah. it's like I'm out here making more tigers because the world is running out of tigers. Like, I, right. I feel like he's doing at one point he's they're like and um, they're like, it's illegal to sell these things because of the Endangered Species Act. But also it's like. Nobody's really paying attention to who's buying tigers, apparently. So they're like, we just sell them. And one, they're like, 
then they start listing the zoos and it's like, what? Cause I'm like, Oh, San Diego zoo, the Omaha zoo. And it's like, Oh no, none of those pop up. It's like all these little like roadside zoos that exist all over the country. I think there's one in Ohio called Tim Stark and Woody. Is that the one where everybody escaped? Every, every animal. No, that's no, that was just, um, that was a guy that was a different one, but I think it was near there and Woody Harrelson should definitely play, the guy that uh, owned Tim Stark that owned that zoo because he looked just like him. But yeah, that, that is like sort of the underlying thing that there's that no one really knows where all these big cats and bears and fucking elephants and just all these like crazy African Asian animals are all over our country, just like chilling in people's backyards because we got freedoms out here and nobody's going to tell you apparently in Ohio that you can't have a fucking lynx or a jaguar in your goddamn backyard. It's crazy. Um, it's also surprising that these people, all, all of the tiger people, they'll just get in the cage and sometimes they'll wrestle with them and they're still kind of okay with it. I would be terrified yeah. to be in an enclosure. They're, they're just hoping it's not the day they bite off their arm. So do they get into, I assume, like for the shows and stuff, there's a lot of Xanax or some type of sedative mood enhan- enhancer snuck into the expired Vienna sausages or the dead uh, raccoon that they got from the Caltrans. Uh, I just, I just... I feel like they have some one. Most of these animals are raised in captivity, so they're pretty used to being around humans. But I still feel like they're doing something to chill these tigers out so they don't bite their actual dick off in front of a, a, a kindergarten class that came for the day. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. I just feel like there's they have they would have to have some assurances. Uh, OK, Ed, anything else? What else? Um. Another quote I have is those cats trusted me and I, I don't believe that was no. the case. Did you ask him? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I have a hard time thinking that Snagglepuss showed up and was like, I trust you. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, guys reach out. I, I, I'm definitely going to watch the rest. I'm, I'm kind of into it. I didn't think I would be, um, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that the listeners have that they would like to share, um, Hit us up at our email, mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com, voicemail 949-464-TBLS. Uh, I want to thank our guest, Eli Braden. Eli, what, you're Eli Braden on Twitter, right? Everybody should follow That's you. Right. Yep. That's but right. You yeah. don't want the, the cameo. Don't, do not buy a cameo from me, please. Definitely <laughs> buy a cameo from Eli Get him to you make you a song. Anything else? Anything else you would like to promote or just I wish not I could can't. promote? I was, there's nothing going on now. Everything shut down. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's a crazy world. Everybody's out here just trying to survive and not knowing what's coming next. Um, we are just, you know, figuring it out. Um, Actually, so I do yeah. have, I do oh. have a podcast that oh. I'm doing now. Inter- oh, yeah. It's called, it's called awful comedy. And it's basically it's something that I've done a few times over the years just for fun. It's basically an audio recording of me doing a stand up set, pretending like I'm actually in a club. Oh, high and concept. No, it's great. Bombing, completely bombing. And it's, it's the worst jokes. I'm in character as the worst comedian 
and like there's not they're not even jokes it's it's like it's it's half parody of really really bad open micers it's half just this delusional person who sometimes can't make it through a sentence and it's just it's just it's it's completely absurd and it amuses me to no end Um, it's funny it's like and there's a lot of like but seriously people i mean take care out there like just yeah, I, there, there's an element of that for sure, but it's it's more like my character's so awkward and like it, it has no business being on stage, uh, yet yet completely thinks that he is like you know he's he, he's you know he just really self identifies as comedian. He takes it very seriously and he's really like this is who I am. I get up every night and I you know I come up with new material. I'm always working it, but it's just he's horrible and it's no response i feel like so. i feel like we could pitch this as a tv project i feel like this is, this has some uh, netflix potential let's let's, well, let's my brainstorm friend, it. Walsh, you, i don't know if you know who he is of course he's i a, do he's hilarious he wants to do a he wants to actually film a special um where i do this in front of a crowd of people who don't know what they're getting into and oh. just film it and film people walk out. And uh, he's much more up for like prank type stuff than I am. So I'm a little bit like, man, I would be really, uh, I just, I would feel so weird getting up on being this person in front of people. But uh, if he wants to do it, we might do it. We'll see. Oh, you guys should definitely do it. And he's, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the guy. Um, definitely follow Brendan Walsh on Twitter too. He's hilarious. He's so funny. He, he's always doing crazy, like, Twitter pranks like tweeting stuff that's just going to intended to like make certain people get really upset and think that he's being serious. Yeah, he's he's a high level troll, a highly skilled, a yeah. professional troll, and it's hilarious. He's great. Well, uh, to give you an example of yeah. comedy, if you if, if, for many years in his stand up act, the first thing he would do when he get up on stage, he'd be like, "Oh man," he would act like he was sort of overcome, and he would say, "Oh man, I just heard. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, Gene Hackman died today. The actor Gene Hackman." So then he goes into his set, and at the end, he's like. Oh yeah, by the way, I was bullshitting about Gene Hackman. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. I love it. Uh, okay, Eli, really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. Um, it's uh, it was a, it was a nice uh, gesture on your part. We appreciate it. Uh, for Ed, for Ed Daily, for special guest Eli Braden. My name is Brian Beckner. This has been episode three hundred twelve of the Ball Lifestyle Podcast. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Known as fancy pop to you and me. Talking loud, comers, conundrums, my brothers. Reviewing some movies and shows and the others. Top podcast, man, no one is above us. Five star, even the haters will love us. And we're not trying to talk politics a lot. We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot. Shit's so hot, man, you know the shit's on top. Top podcast, man, it really hits the spot. Listen up, you players and shot callers. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is so flawless. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Listen up, you players and shot callers, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is for all us, TBLS, the lifestyle's baller.